Blog Talk Radio. Choices, decisions, frustrations, and pain. Knowing I'm going to forget her someday. While I still can, I'll challenge all my loved ones, every friend, to look inside their hearts and understand that I. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and the founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, which uh, we have the radio show. We have webinars called Dementia Chats, which are free. We have our resource website and our blog. Um, plus, we do speaking and training, and I am just um, thrilled that you're able to join us today. And I would really appreciate it if you share this episode with others, because I think we're going to be covering a lot of great, great information. This show today is really about giving you ideas and being able to prepare for the holidays. How how do you create a wonderful holiday moment? Um, what are some do's and don'ts? Um, and we're going to talk about a wide variety of things. And we we have a couple of experts with us who are living with the disease. It'll be a great resource. But we also encourage you to call in and utilize the chat box and, and be part of the conversation as well. Um, but before I introduce our guests, I always just like to tell people a little bit about Alzheimer's Speaks because we're always getting a new audience. And bottom line, our goal here is to connect people, um, get them sharing knowledge and having everyday conversations about life with dementia. I truly believe that's the only way that we're going to remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those dealing with this disease. Um, Each person has the right to have a purpose-filled life, and, and we can all participate in that. So our company is really an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort around the world. Um, Again, we want to remove those fears and, and give this peace and calmness that we all deserve. And at our core, again, by having these conversations, um, I know that we're making a difference because we were lucky enough to be um, nominated as the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's by ShareCare, um, which is a company that Dr. Oz and Jeff Arnold started, which is uh, a Oh gosh, how do I describe it? It is just a massive health and wellness um, online site just full of wonderful, wonderful information. If you haven't gone there, um, check out sharecare.com. But the only way that I believe that we got that recognition and we're able to reach the number of people that we have is because of all of you being advocates and sharing the information that Alzheimer's Speaks pushes out. If it's a blog post, if it's a radio show, if it's a webinar, if it's a page on our website, your clicks, your likes, 
your sharing with your circle of friends is so critical because, you know, my 30-year journey um, tells me that, and I've seen this personally and I've heard it from so many others, that um, many people are not having the conversation. And by allowing that information to be out there in front of people, it allows them an opportunity to look for resources and to find hope. And we all deserve that. So, again, I really... um, really want to thank each and every one of you for for helping and participating um, in pushing us out. Now, there's a couple of ways you're going to be able to participate in the show today. One, you can um, call in, and that number is 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757. And you just have to push one to go ahead and get into my queue. And when there's a break in the conversation, I will pull you in. Otherwise, you can, if you're listening online, you can utilize the chat box, and I will be monitoring that um, as we go. Um, I also want to give a couple of shout-outs to some organizations that I just really believe in a lot. One is Alzheimer's Disease International. And for those of you that are not familiar with them, Alzheimer's Disease International is the association of all Alzheimer's associations around the world. So no matter where you are, you're going to be able to find out where is the closest organization to you. Plus, they are just filled with great, great resources. Music First with Coral Health, um, especially around the holidays, I think is so special for so many because music embeds memories. Um, Music First is an app now that you can download onto your phone, which does amazing, amazing things. But just check out CoralHealth.com. That's C-O-R-O Health.com. And you'll be able to find out more about them. Also, this time of year, I get a lot of people asking about clinical trials, and there's a a tau trial that's in its third state, and they're still um, taking patients for that. And you can go to the Alzheimer's Studies, um, just alzheimerstudies.com to find out more information. And then a couple other organizations I do want to mention is the Lewy Body Dementia Association um, because that has its own specific symptoms. Um, and I think it's just very helpful for those dealing with Lewy Body to be connected to that association. And that is lbda.org, Lewy Body Dementia Association.org. There's also the Association for Frontal Temporal Degeneration or what people call Frontal Temporal Lobe. And you can uh, find them either by Googling them or going to theaftd.org and um, you'll be able to get more information there. There's also the um, Aphasia, National Aphasia Association, um, which has great information as well. So if somebody's having a problem speaking and communicating, that's another another great, great resource. And then for gifts, I thought I would just mention these. There's puzzles with me, which are just designed specifically for people with dementia. They're extra thick. There's not as many pieces. They're adult-oriented. And Jiminy Wicket, 
which is a croquet game, which uh, is a is a great way to interact. This is something that is actually going into the school systems um, and working with memory care and assisted livings, but there's absolutely no reason that you can't play it at home either uh, with people. And then Max Wallach's book, you know, Why Did Grandma Put Her Underwear in the Refrigerator is just a wonderful book that explains so, so many things about how we how we deal with dementia and how we should deal with dementia. I'm going to go ahead and now introduce our um, our two guests. Um, both are living with dementia. Both are, are heroes in my mind uh, for what they have done, uh, the difference that they are making. Um, and I'm going to first introduce um, Rick Phelps. Rick has not been with us for a while. Rick is the founder of of Memory People, and I'm thrilled that he's back with us today. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing good, Lori. I'm glad to be here. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. And I know you just had, if I'm not mistaken, the third anniversary of Memory People on Facebook. Is that correct? We did, yeah. It was back, uh, I think, Thanksgiving Day or the day before. I'm in trouble with dates here, but uh, time flies. Yeah, we're we're pushing uh, 5,000 members here, and, and uh, we're really, really glad things are, are, are moving right along. It's sad in a way, but then it's also good because we're reaching out to people. Yep, exactly, exactly. I'm going to go ahead and also pull in Harry Urban. Harry um, is also living with dementia, and Harry has also started a group on Facebook called Forget Me Not. And how are you doing today, Harry? Floyd, I am doing wonderful. I am sitting here with my Santa hat on, my cup of coffee with my cinnamon stick in it. Uh, I even slipped off my shoes, so... Uh, I'm going to just sit back and enjoy myself. Well, good, good. Um, Harry also does Dementia Chats with us, which is our webinar series that we do a couple of times a month. And, um, you know, both of these men are just doing fabulous work connecting individuals with dementia as well as their care partners, both family, friends, um, and those that just want to learn more as well as business professionals. They're, They're they are both just incredible, incredible groups, and and I would highly recommend um, that you check them out and ask to be uh, become a member uh, of those groups. The, the the one thing with both, and I and I really respect this, is there's no pitching or selling of things. It really is about building uh, a closeness and a com- camaraderie together. Now today we're going to be talking about, you know, how the heck do you prepare for the holidays um when when you have dementia or or some, you know, some form of it or if it's not you, maybe it's a loved one, maybe it's somebody you work with, but how do you create, you know, fabulous moments to remember because this is such a high stress Time. And it, we're going to have a really interesting conversation because Rick and Harry both have different takes on this. Um, Dina Dotson may be um, joining us as well. And again, anybody in our audience, we would love to hear your tips um, as the conversation goes um, as we as we move along here. So I think what what I'm going to start with is, um, and I'll put the first question to Rick here. Rick, for you, what has changed um, with your holidays since you got diagnosed? Have you had changes? Well, I'd have to say everything, uh, Lori. It's it's a struggle for me the holidays. Uh, 
uh, just like you said, I'm glad that my good friend Harry is on with us because there's a world of difference between uh, Harry and I when it comes to these holidays. He uh, he he enjoys them and, and just loves the time and family time and things like that. And I'm on the other end of the spectrum. It's not that I, I don't enjoy uh, family time or anything like that, but it's, it's just... Uh, my stress level starts about November 1st, the first week of November, and it ends about the end of January because, uh, you know, I, I just can't hardly take being around three or, three or four more people. Um, it's it's uh, the conversations and things. Matter of fact, we just had uh, Thanksgiving dinner here at the house uh, last Thursday, and uh, I think we usually have around 20-some here, and we've got that down to 11, which sounds terrible, but... It's just one of those things, you know, and even 11 people was, uh, I had my stress moments uh, during that time. So uh, it, it is difficult for me, and, and I'm sorry about that for everyone that's involved in the family. But, uh, you know, I learned long ago i got to do what's good for me, not uh, not put on some kind of a show for anyone. Which is, uh, you know, I think that that's really wise um, to know what works and what doesn't work and and respect you because, I mean, if everybody gets together and you're really not creating those moments, what's the sense? You know, the holidays is really, in my mind anyways, about being able to cultivate those those great moments, that, that feeling of peace and joy and, you know, um, try to get rid of that stress. How about you, Harry? What has changed, if anything, for you since you got diagnosed with the holidays? Well, you have to you have to realize that um, uh, the day after we take the Christmas tree down, I start preparing for the next Christmas season. I just love it, <laughs> and I, I think I, I think a lot of people get stressed out thinking about the stress of the holidays. Now, as strange as that sounds. Um, everybody knows there's a lot of stress during the holidays. And what they do, what they do leading up to the holidays are thinking about this stress, how much they dread it so much that it just it just adds stress to them. And with me, I'm just a little kid. I know it, I enjoy it, I enjoy the season and I just go with the flow. Okay. Well, and that that's great. And I think, uh, I mean, because we're almost forced to go with the flow if we, if we want to or not. But I do think that there are some things that we can do to to make things more comfortable for, for those with dementia. And, you know, one of the things that we always talk about um, with people with symptoms of dementia is the overstimulation. And, you know, you walk, I mean, any place you go, it's decorated to beat the band. I mean, you can't even drive down some roads and you know they're they're having the the christmas with the cranks you know kind of um you know uh what do you call it competition in terms of who has more blinking lights and things have you have you harry found that decorations it can overwhelm you at all or can trigger things with you oh my goodness yeah um the the blinking lights around the holidays are, are terrible for me uh it just if I'm sitting there and the lights are blinking, my anxiety level goes up so high that um I just can't it just becomes unbearable. Another thing that's unbearable for me is like like at Thanksgiving time, if you set me in the middle of the table 
Now, we, we talked about this before, but if you sit me in the middle of the table and I have people on seated on either side of me, and there's a lively conversation at the, type, at, at the table, and these people are talking back and forth, it just drives me crazy. You know, like, when, when I sit down at the table, I want to be seated someplace where one of the sides of me is, is open, you know, so I can kind of escape that. Uh, I don't want to call it noise, but I don't want to uh, be bombarded with that conversation from coming from both sides. Okay, well that that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. How about how about you, Rick? Have you been affected by decorations? Does that uh, does that stress you out at all? Or, but it, it certainly does, and, and uh, I avoid things like that. Uh, of course, I I do things. You know, I, we have to go to the store and things like that. But I, I really avoid places like uh, the huge shopping centers. I, I won't go there till probably March or something, and mm-hmm. uh, Walmart, like that. It's just, you know, the crowds. I mean, I understand what it's all about, and I'm glad for everybody. You know, it is the season. You know, I'm not a, a bah humbug about this. It's just a stressful time for me, and I, I just can't be around it. So I try to limit that the best I can without, you know, being a burden on anyone. Uh, what we do Christmas Day, we've done for several years now we go places instead of people coming here that way we can leave you know you mm-hmm. get a house full of people and you know kick them out you don't want to do that so we we go to our daughter's house and things like that and that way when things start to get a little high stressed or something i can step outside and and we may have to bow out but uh that's that's the way we've been handling it so far well, and I think that that makes a lot of sense, and it's something that a lot of times people don't understand, especially when it's a parent that um, has dementia. You know, if the parent's always done Christmas or the holidays or, you know, whatever it might be, birthdays, it doesn't make any difference what you're celebrating. People a lot of times don't like to break that tradition, but there are really very good reasons to break that tradition because not only does it um, add stress on you, but it also adds stress on your care partner who's trying to pull all this stuff together and and then make sure that you're comfortable and be able to, like you said, have that quiet time and be able to escape if, if that's, you know, what you need. And um, you can't always do that when you're in the thrust of your own, of your own home. Lori, I wanted, to, I wanted to mention something while I was thinking of it, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, traveling. Traveling is a big thing for the holidays. And, and I found out about six or eight, nine months ago, I don't know whenever, but one of my last speaking engagements I had was in the southern part of Ohio. And uh, it was an overnight stay. And uh, once we got there and, and, and I did the speaking engagement, we spent the night. The next day it took me about five days to get back to what I could per- compare myself to being normal. And uh, a lot of people don't realize this with their loved one having dementia, that they think they can load them up in the car and take grandma, you know, two, three hundred miles away. And she'll just love seeing the grandkids and everything like that. And, and sometimes these feelings change. You know, dementia is a, is a terrible disease, and it's not that, you know, the person doesn't love her grandkids. It's just that what used to be is no more, and, and that's what I get out of traveling. I used to do 
you know, two or three overnight stays at a time with these speaking engagements, but I haven't even done a speaking engagement since then because, you know, things change. Yep, yep, definitely. We do have a caller on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and pull this person in from a 253 number. You're live. Um, If you'd state your name and your comments. Hi, Lori. It's Leanne. I'm in Washington. Oh, hi, Leanne. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good, very good. I didn't think you were going to be able to join us today, so I wasn't sure it was you or not. <laughs> well, I I can for a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, yeah, I wanted to thank you for doing the show. I, um, From our experience, we walked this journey with my mother-in-law, and um, uh, like Rick was saying, you know, dementia changes everything, and, and we certainly found that with her. Um especially when you're talking about all those things he mentioned, a bunch of people getting together and everything looks different and everything sounds different and everybody's excited. The kids, I mean, it's almost like um, the perfect setup for your loved one to uh, have a very difficult time. And um, so what we found for us was we had to adjust. You know, she she couldn't. And we knew, just like you said, we knew she loved all of her grandkids and us, and she wanted to be with us, but the disease just wouldn't let her do that. It wouldn't let her enjoy it, and so we found that we had to adjust, and we, our family gatherings got smaller. Um, eventually, they just took place at her house with my father-in-law. Um, we didn't even bring her out, and when he was talking about traveling, I, I just remembered um, year before last, uh, she, they had come to my house. I, we had picked her up and brought her here, and um, I had to take her home. And it was after dark, and it actually was snowing. And it, it's we're talking a 25-minute drive to get back home, and it so threw her off of of um, any feelings of being calm or anything. She had a very very difficult time with it, and I reassured her the whole way back home and everything else, but. Just those little things, you know, um, made a, make a huge, huge difference um, for a dementia patient and, and what we saw. And like I said, it was it was a matter of all of us adjusting and, and I guess letting go of how things used to be um, and just understanding that this is this is new. You know, every day is new. And and um, the most important thing is making things so that you can walk with your loved one instead of trying to hold on to what was. And we always do that at Christmas. It's about the past. It's about traditions and all of that. So it's a very hard thing to adjust to. But I I just wanted to thank you for doing this show, especially. It's And I also wanted to say I just love Rick and Harry like brothers. They're very special to me, too. So I'm glad I could have a minute to call in. Oh, good. Well, we're glad you could join us, too. And, and your feedback and, and tips are, are really helpful. You know, I think uh, the more we can we can talk and just hear how different people handle it from different angles, the, the different voices, you know, resonate, um, you know, differently with each of us. And, and this is important stuff because it is a struggle. And if we can avoid some issues or, you know, even if we want to walk in and do things the way we've always done things, but have listened to, you know, experts who have been through this, that that they have a backup plan, that's massive. (laughs) That's massive in terms of of learning how to deal with it. 
And um, if if dementia has taught me nothing else, it's taught me tolerance and spontaneity. Um, you know, to get out of my comfort zone and to learn to go with the flow and and give up control. You know, it just uh, I don't have it all the time. I never did, but I had this illusion <laughs> that I did, and it's it's really stretched me. But I think it's made me a, a much much um, better person, more compassionate, and and more relaxed um, because I have let go of so much that I can't control. So. But thank so you true. so much for calling in and, and being able to take the time. We have somebody else on the line. I, I'm going to go ahead and – oh, go ahead, Leanne. I just wanted – real quick, I remembered um, just off the top of my head, and I, if I could just throw it out there really quick, um, we're doing something kind of special in MP. We're actually um, – it's not, an, uh, not a memory people thing, but we're going to be hosting um, – it's, it's an online virtual uh, quilt and it's um, for anybody that's been affected by dementia, um, patients, caregivers, advocates, even professionals who work with dementia patients. Um, and I just wanted to throw that out there. We're going to be uh, setting up a site for it, and people can come anywhere from anywhere in the world, anyone that's been touched in any way by dementia, and they can do a quilt square for their loved one um, as a caregiver for themselves or whatever. And so... I just wanted to throw that out there. We're real excited about it, and um, it's just something that we can all, you know, participate in. So we're going to be announcing it as soon as we have it up and running. Wonderful. Well, that's great. That's great. Yeah, definitely let us know. And if you want to throw me kind of a press release or an article, I'll push it out on the blog as well <clears throat> when you guys I are ready will. to go Thank with that. You. Okay. Thanks so much, Leanne. Have a great holiday. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and pull in somebody at a 201 number. So, 201, you're on the air live. Can you state your name? Hi, Laurie. It's Michelle DeSocio. How are you? Good, good. Hi, Michelle. I'm glad you called in. Do you have some tips you want to share about the holidays? I sure do. I just wanted to just uh, remind everybody. I was with my mom during the week, and the usual small room I visited her in was busy. They were having a bake sale. Mom's in a nursing home, so we had to bring her into the main dining room, and the surroundings were not what she's used to, and the the visit was just awful. She had such anxiety and fear, and the change in atmosphere was just terrible for her. So at the holidays, we've learned to adjust. You know, the whole family, we all come in small groups. You know, we go at separate times. We don't make a big deal about it. We do have a meal together um, at the nursing home. Like I said, we go in small groups and we just work around mom and make sure she's comfortable and let go of what used to be and enjoy what we have now. Oh, I think that's great. We we do that with my mom as well, and I think that that's just such a critical, critical piece. And it, it was hard at first because we, you know, like to get together and, you know, all hang out. And so what we'll do a lot of times is we'll do something um, maybe short and sweet at the nursing home and then um, go back to my house, which isn't isn't far, where people want to hang out and, and we can have bigger crowds um, That's together. That's later on. We all get together as a family, you know, together mm-hmm. after without mom, of course. We miss her, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't work anymore, so we had to adjust to make it, you know, comfortable for mom. Yep. And sometimes my mom, you know, a lot of times she's in her end stages now and has been for four years, but 
she, you know, she sleeps a lot. And so she's not always awake and present when we're there. And we've learned to accept that and just appreciate when she is awake and present with us. And then not get mad, not get upset, um, just go on kind of with our conversations and um, and then take a lot of pictures and capture moments, you know, when she is. Yeah, we, we, do, uh, strong we do enough. pictures, yeah. Mm-hmm. We do well, a lot great. of pictures. I don't share them anymore, but it's good for the family to have for the future because mom's yep. in her 14th year now. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. you know, it's just about letting, you know, it's just about accepting the disease and, and making sure you do what's best for the patient, not not what used to be, letting go. Yeah. Can I ask how old your mom is? My Did mom is now 72. A- she She got hit early. She was 58 when she came to live with me. Okay, because I was going to say that 14 years is a long time, um, but you're talking, again, pretty early onset um, with this disease. And so, you know, so many times people are still quoting, you know, this disease is, you know, 7 to 10 years, and and I just think we're going to see a lot of people breaking breaking those records. I I, I Um, do the same thing. I'm like, Mom Mom was sick before that, you know, mm -hmm. when she was 58, she came to live with me. She struggled uh-huh. years before that, you know, mm-hmm. and did it well, but she was staying till midnight trying to finish her workup. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for calling in, Michelle. I really appreciate it. And thank it. you for hosting, Lori. This is a great show, and we're real excited, like uh, Leanne said, at Memory People about the quilts. We're working on that. We're really, really excited. And thank oh. you, Rick and Harry, um, for doing all you do. And it was nice to talk to you, Lori. Have a wonderful holiday. You too. Thank you. Um, Rick, do you have anything that you want to add for the, that you've heard, you know, Rick, or that uh, Leanne or Michelle has, has talked about? Anything that triggered in um, your mind? No, nothing's triggered. It will. Okay. <laughs> Give okay. me a couple how about, minutes. Okay, how about you, Harry? Well, I, I always have something to say. Um <laughs> <laughs> One one thing a lot of people make a mistake doing is they when you have a family gathering, they they try to make their loved one the center of attention. They try to include them in everything. Okay? And that that's what builds up the stress level on me. Now, like at at, at Thanksgiving time, if the women wanna go in the kitchen and while they're cooking and chat be my guest. If, um, if if the men want to watch football or whatever, I'll join them for a while. But remember that I make it up, and I may excuse myself to go to my quiet my quiet room and be with myself. That doesn't mean that the family can't still enjoy themselves and talk. But um, you don't have to make me. I don't have to be there. I don't have to be in the conversation in the kitchen. I don't have to be in a conversation in front of the TV or anything that I love joining in when I can, but you have to realize that I need I need time away. Now, as long as everybody understands that, it doesn't matter how big our gathering is, as long as I can control it. Okay, well that, and and I think that that's a really important um, piece that you bring out is that sense. You know, we're all more comfortable when we feel in control, and a person with dementia is absolutely no different. And for whatever reason, sometimes we think that they are. 
and and they're not. You know, everybody wants to to feel comfortable. So good um good point, Terry. Very good advice. We also have um another person on the line here and let's see. We've got somebody from a it looks like a seven two five number. Um so I'm gonna go ahead and pull them in. Um seven two five number, you're live and on the air if you want to go ahead and state your name. Hi, Lori, it's Michael Newverse. How are you? Oh hi Michael. Good, good. I'm glad you called in. I'm sure you're full of wonderful tips for us. Actually, uh I have some questions. I-, I could give tips, but you have such a good you have such a good you have Rick and Harry that uh it's such a good forum because they're living it. So mm-hmm. I-, I can give you some tips, but I prefer to ask a couple questions that do deal with real life and, and caregiving. So oh, go for it. If That's I may, the, the first question is, I have friends who know that I'm caregiving for my aunt. So they feel uncomfortable around holiday times to invite me or one of my sisters who also are helping because they, they're not sure if we can get away and they're not sure if we're going to bring my aunt. So mm-hmm. how do you... How do you, if we turn it around, how would I invite, for example, or if, if like Rick gets invited or Harry gets invited to certain um, holiday events or their wives get invited and they don't want to go, how do they deal with that? And then let me just throw the second part of the question out at you. What do you do, for example, it's it's not a holiday, but it's similar. We didn't invite my aunt to a wedding because she's much later stage than uh, than than Harry and Rick, and we we really weren't sure what to do. So how do you how do you deal with that as well? So I'll just throw that out to to Rick and Harry and see what they have okay. to say. So uh, let's start with the the one on the, on the aunt. Okay, so you um, you didn't invite your aunt to the wedding. So Rick and Harry, um, how how would you feel if if and when you're not invited um, to some place? Does that bother you? And Rick, I'll let you take that first. Well, that, it certainly doesn't bother me at all. Um, I've been. I'm sure I've been left out of, of some things, and uh, that's that's fine. Um, everyone in my family and every all my friends here locally and what have you know the situation, and uh, you know it's just. I, I think what Michael's getting at, it, it, he's wondering if the patient's feelings would get hurt. I, mean, I can't speak for his aunt, and I can't speak for Harry. I, I would never do that, but I can tell you that. Uh, Mine never does. It doesn't. I don't feel left out if I'm not invited to something anymore. Um, it saves me some stress. <laughs> it really does. It, I mean, it sounds like I'm a hermit here, and, and that's not that's not the case at all. But I, I really have to pick and choose, or me and Phyllis June has to pick and choose what uh, what form or what uh, what what I can do at any given day, even. Um, we don't make plans, you know. Uh, plans is right out the window. I mean, if I had a plan to go out for a Christmas evening dinner with uh, some couples or something Saturday night, 
I'd start worrying about that today because that's just how this disease works, and uh, I just can't uh, deal with that. Okay. How about how about you, Harry? Do you ever feel left out if you're not invited? I don't. I don't think so, Corey. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the stigma with this disease. Now, who wants to who wants to invite somebody with dementia to a wedding? Uh, number one, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not going to slobber food all over the place, and I'm not going to make a fool out of myself. But but uh, that that puts extra stress on the on the host of that party because they don't know. So uh, what I do is I try my darnest to get rid of the stigma that goes along with this disease. That um, I'm I'm safe to invite any any place, you know that. Uh, I'm not going to take my shoes off or anything like that, but um, I'm going to have a good time and, and we're going to talk and, and everything else. But if I'm excluded from something, um, it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all. Okay, I'm I'm going to make a comment because my mom was invited to a wedding, and and it, something kind of funny happened, and the the wedding party was so gracious. Now my mom was. Um, you know, kind of mid to late stages of the disease. And this was a very, very close family friend. Um, And my mom, you know, it came time to go up for communion. And it was a large, large wedding. So they had five different places to get communion. And my mom went from one to another to another to get communion and you know people were kind of watching and and seeing what was going on there was absolutely no harm done and then on her way back down the aisle she was thanking everybody for coming to her daughter's wedding and but because our families were so close um, I mean everybody was so gracious and they tell us to this day that that was one of the most precious moments of that wedding, that mom was able to be part of it and that she felt so connected to it, even if she connected her dots a little wrong. Um, I mean, it was just really beautiful. Both bride and groom's family were just uh, so gracious. I mean, they just didn't wig out. It wasn't about control. It was just about one of those special moments. Like if you had, you know, a small child who's, you know, supposed to be, you know, at my wedding, we had, um, you know, one of the little kids was supposed to be throwing out the rose petals and, and forgot to do it and then all of a sudden realized and then just kind of dumped the bucket, you know, all in one thing. <laughs> you know, you can get mad or you can just remember how sweet and how cute that yeah. was and, and, Boy, and go from there. Michael. I wanted oh, go to ahead. touch on something what Michael, what Michael said about uh, – being invited or, or not being invited, I, I I think the best thing to do in cases like that is, is to be very truthful with people as him being a caregiver. Um, don't make excuses for your aunt. Just uh, just tell these people what's going on, and uh, if they don't understand that, well, they should. I mean, you're probably not going to get invited anywhere if somebody doesn't know that. I know I, I would never get invited somewhere somebody doesn't know I have dementia, so... Phyllis June explains it to them in the situation, and uh, that's that's just, you know, it, it doesn't do any good to make excuses for me because it is an excuse. It's a disease, so that's what I try to dwell on also. 
Yeah, and and I think that's a good point too. That you know, if people don't understand, you don't want to set your person up for dementia to, you know, to be embarrassed or uncomfortable. You know, that's that's not a good thing either. So I think to be to be honest with the situation, and you can monitor it, but. Um, you know, again, knowing what's what. Now, the other part of your question was um, friends feeling uncomfortable, um, you know, in inviting you because they're not sure what they're going to get as a package because you're taking care of your your aunt. Again, I, I think it's really important to, you know, just be up front. And, and Michael, would it ever be possible for you to invite them over, you know, for a small gathering to be able to, see your aunt and be able to to really get a feel and maybe remo- remove some of that fear of what this disease is all about? Well, we've done that. It, it just mm-hmm. it, In this particular case, the, the bride was really freaked out about her wedding and mm-hmm. she didn't want any, um, she didn't want, she didn't want any surprises. So, yep. Um, but I mean, but we, we look as caregivers, we take everything in stride, and yep. it's not uh, it's not the end of uh, it's not the end of the world. And, and she was nice about it, but mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's something that I guess every family has to deal with, and uh, there's nothing you can do. I mean, caregiving is just it just becomes part of part of your uh, your day to day. I mean, I'm sure that uh, Harry's wife. And Rick's wife, uh, they deal with it all the time. But, but just let, let me take this opportunity to, um, I, I don't know how many people listening are not either in Forget Me Not or Memory People, but th- these two groups are just amazing. And people who don't know about them, they're, they're missing out because it's like the the only resource where you can really People just speak their minds, and you can learn. And, and there hasn't been a situation yet where I, I haven't had a, someone with the same exact problem as we have, and then I got very good answers f- from mm-hmm. the panel. And then I, I don't. Want, and, and then the other thing is, and then I'll, I'll let you get back to your show. Um, some very very nice companies. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to plug myself because it, it's uh, it's Rick and Harry, but some very very nice companies, and I have gotten together. And we're doing something very nice for caregivers, some kind of contest. So check your, check Forget Me Not and check Memory People and a few other things. And maybe I'll shoot you a press release, Lori, and you can uh, send it to your readers. We're going to be giving away some very, very nice um, prizes for free to caregivers, some very cool products that I really like. Um, oh, great. So, so, so keep in mind... It's not why I called in, but while I'm on the phone, I might as well do some self-serving plugs because I do want (laughs) as many people as I can to to try to win these prizes so companies will give me even more prizes to give Mm -hmm. away at another time. Wonderful. So I really appreciate this show as well. This is the first time. Usually I don't have time. I work nights, so usually I don't have time to to go to um, Harry's on. uh, Harry does a chat all the time that I'd like to get on to as well. Um, but thank you guys very much for your answers and for doing for doing these forums. Uh, the, the, the two support groups, Forget Me Not and Memory People, uh, they're amazing. So thank you also, Lori, very much for, for this opportunity. 
And uh, let's all have very nice, happy holidays. And let's continue to learn from Rick and Harry. So, so thanks very much. Okay, thanks for calling in, Mike. Appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Can, Thank can you. I ask Bye. some stuff, uh, Roy? Sure. Please do. Okay. Um, when when people have gatherings, they want it to be perfect. They want mm-hmm. everything to go perfectly. Now, especially what when makes what <laughs> makes what makes memories? Okay. Now, if if a small child can come up and give the Pope a hug in the legs and sit in his chair. Now, that's not proper. But you know what? That made history. That made memories. And it's the same thing. A lot of people don't invite me to something because, oh, my God, what's going to say now? You know, is, is, he, is, he going to, is he going to say something to embarrass us? Or, or some, and I'm sure, Roy, that you have those anxiety attacks every now and then. But, um, <laughs> but that's... But that's but that's the way it is. Everybody wants things to be perfect, but perfect doesn't make memories. That's a really good point, Terry. In fact, um, one time I was talking with a, a healthcare professional who has, has been in the business of, of working with seniors for, gosh, probably 30 years, and we were having a conversation, and I was sharing stories about my mom, and she stopped me just dead square and said, I am jealous. I said, jealous of what? And she says, the stories you have. She said, they're just beautiful, and they're so filled with love. She says, you know, my parents are both healthy, and I don't have the stories you have. And, again, it is about creating those memories. And and most of the stuff that, you know, that we really cherish, you know, brings, I mean, it softens our heart or it makes us laugh. You know, and um, granted, there's things that that scare us or um, you know create a, a lot of fear or cause us to cry. But most of us want those joyous, happy memories, and a lot of those aren't about being perfect. You're you're very 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 right, and I and I can appreciate Michael's you know um, niece or whoever it was that was getting married. You know about wanting her day to be perfect. I understand that we can't change everybody. Um, in this and there's times too that you also have to figure out is this going to be you know comfortable um, for the person with dementia there's been many things we haven't told my mom like my mom doesn't know um, out and out that I'm divorced or that you know my brothers are Um, she knows one is because that happened a long time ago but but we knew that that would cause her a lot of angst and um, she would be really upset, and we wouldn't be able to, you know, kind of justify why it happened and that it's okay and everybody gets along, you know, whatever the, the situation is. So, I mean, you have to look at it from, from all angles and then just move forward doing the best you can. But, you know, holidays are times when there's a lot of conversations that can crop up, and people do need to understand you know, where someone's at at this disease and, and what might upset them or trigger them that, that might not before. So um, letting people know those things, I think, are really, really important as well. Um, we do have another caller on the line from a 952 number. So 952, you're live and on the air. Can you state your name, please? Hi, Laurie. Hello, and who is this? This is Richard. 
It is Richard. I was hoping you yeah. would call in. How are you doing? <laughs> Very good. I just happened to get your message in between some stuff at work here, so I thought I would call in and wish you a very happy holiday, and I hope everything's going well with your mom. Oh, it's going very, very well. And I I know, you know, you have been in the, the thrust of dementia with your family as well. Is there any holiday tip or question that you might have um, for well, us today? Well, uh, the, the tip that I have is um, I find that it's it's better to just roll with things. It's better not to not to contradict and not, not to try to correct and what I've done lately is I, I go online and I find old television programs that I know my dad used to watch, and and I, I bring them to him. And the, the bigger ones are the Christmas ones, the Harry Como and and Lawrence Welk and and uh, Andy Williams and all those shows that are on online now. And uh, so he'll sit and watch those, and he'll think it's like you know it's like today. And he's very contented. He, he's not argumentative. He just enjoys it. And um, so I find a little peace in that because he is so content with it. Um, he, I'm thankful that he, he really isn't in the thralls of being super confused and argumentative. He, he gets uh, times where he does get a little mixed up, and then you just kind of let it rest, and then he goes on to the next thing. So um, he will be 93 in July, so I'm very thankful to have, to keep having him with me. Oh, that's that is such a nice, nice blessing and just a nice way to to be able to find comfort and peace. So I, I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing that with us and taking mm-hmm. the time out of your workday to join us. Well, today. I'm glad I got a chance to talk to you. Yeah. Well, you have a wonderful holiday season. If I don't see you before, and again, thanks for All calling right. in. Thank okay, you. Bye, Richard. Bye. bye, Richard. We also have another caller on the line here from a 519 number. A 519 number. Did you want uh, to uh, state your name? Hello? Hello? And who do I have Hello, on the line? Lori? Yes, is Hi, this is Lori? Yes, it I is. I'm speaking. How, how are you? Good, good. I, good. I wanted to uh, uh, kind of call you there before the holidays and kind of uh, thank you for all the support and wish you a Merry Christmas. And I hope your mom is doing great. Yeah, I hope she's doing well. Uh, I know the journey you're on is, uh, and again, I hope you're doing uh, good too. Yeah, well, thank you. And I thank you, you for your all the support. Oh well, thank you. Do you have a do you have a tip for people? Um, you that you were on this journey a long long time with your mom in terms of how to make the how to create a wonderful holiday. I, I think the big thing is just having family around. That is, mm-hmm. is so important. Like the the grandkids, the younger ones. I know my mom enjoys them so much. So mm-hmm. that's the one I'm going to be uh, really concentrating on, making sure. She's there with family, and uh, oh. they come and visit. And oh, that's good. a great grandkid. Yeah, yep. not just the grandkids, but the great grandkids, the, the little ones. So yep. that, that's the important part. Yeah. yeah how well, about you? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I think my mom, you know, likes uh, pets and she likes um, kids. But, you know, for us, it really is trying to be on a one-on-one basis more so. For those of you in the audience that don't know, my mom did have a grand mal seizure about two weeks ago. 
which is a big change, but she seems to be doing okay. Um, you know, again, she's in her end stages, and so she's not able to communicate with us a lot. So, you know, just going and sitting with her and, you know, I might be talking, you know, way more than her because she's she's not able to and, you know, massaging her hand with some lotion um, or caressing her face or, you know, um, playing music. She loves Frank Sinatra and all the Christmas stuff. Um, she might not be able to sing anymore, but she can get those hands tapping and her head shaking a little bit. And every once in a while, she'll do a little shimmy for us, too, that kind of comes out of the blue. So, you know, it's just all about making making connection in, in so any fashion. Yeah. It's so precious, they it's yep. just amazing. And, and you know what? They they know it. She knows yep. you're there. Oh, yeah. yeah. She knows yeah. Wow. Wow. No, um, just to update you, we've got another song, and uh, we're going to be uh, uh, pushing it just like still a child. So uh, hopefully uh, I'll get it to you soon. Oh, wonderful. 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 Sounds good. good. Well, yeah. we'll have to set up a time to talk a little bit more um, so we can okay. help get that pushed out. Okay. Thank you, Lori. Okay, have, have a, good a great holiday. holiday. Have a great holiday. Yeah, bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Let's see. We have somebody on the line from a 202 number. Um, if 202, you're live and on the air. Do you want to state your name? Uh, yeah, my name's uh, L.A. Uh, I'm calling in with a tip uh, based on, uh, I guess, a personal experience of mine. Uh, I noticed my mother, she's 87 now, mm-hmm. Um was suffering from, I guess, dementia. And um, what I did, and she's a retired nurse, registered Mm -hmm. nurse. What I did, um, because I thought about just her past medical history and diet, and I was talking to a friend, and then I went on YouTube. Uh, This was about... Two, two and a half, three years ago. And I read up on dementia, read up on Alzheimer's, where it's most prevalent in the world, and uh, nutrition. So essentially what I did was I took over her diet. And basically she wasn't drinking that much water, so I started making sure she was hydrated. And then instead of eating processed foods, I got her to eat more raw foods and living food drinks. I got a juicer, and we're in Florida, so, you know, you Mm -hmm. just go outside, pick pick whatever, and juice it. And what happened was, oh, she was on prescription medication at that time, too. Anyway, to make a long story short, just by getting her properly hydrated, Taking her off of a high-fat diet and a, and a, and a processed food diet, um, her memory sprung back. She got more physical energy. She was bank, uh, not bedridden, but uh, bedridden, got out of the bed and started driving her car again just by doing simple things of making her, making sure she was properly nourished. Fresh mm-hmm. water and the right water and raw foods and and living foods drinks, which I basically picked, got it out of the ground, juiced it, and gave it to her. Mm -hmm. So it might help somebody listening. 
Well, wonderful. Well, I appreciate you calling in with that because there are some forms of dementia that that are reversible. And so, you know, and, and dehydration can be huge. Um, vitamin deficiencies, thyroid problems um, can all, you know, add to um, memory loss and, and um, problems, you know, symptoms of dementia. So that's that's great. And if people want to look into that further, there's all kinds of books on nutrition and raw foods is um, something that not everybody is familiar with. Um, but, you know, it's just a, a holistic way of trying to uh, trying to deal with something. And in your situation, it worked really well. So congratulations. That's fantastic. I, I appreciate you calling in, Ellie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, we've got another caller here. I'm just going to pull in from a 603 number. 603, you're live and on the air. If you have a comment or question, 603 number, did you want to make a comment or a question? Sometimes people call in and are just listening to the show too and they don't want to talk, and so that's okay as well. So I'll go ahead and just put them back on hold. Um, Rick and Harry, um, I'm going to pull you guys back into the conversation here again. I had you on hold just because we were getting a little bit of um, little bit of static here, and um, wanted to um, pull that back. And um, I'm going to have I'm going to put Rick on the line first. And um, Rick, do you have any comments, uh, any beliefs as far as you know whole foods and things with the last caller? What I believe in, Lori, um, is Jesus Christ, my Savior. I mean, that might sound corny, but, you know, everything happens for a reason, and I truly believe that. I believe this disease came into my life for a reason, and I believe the course it's going to take is going to happen for a reason. Um, I can't, you know, we all wish and hope and pray for a cure, and that cure will come someday, but in my lifetime or in Harry's lifetime, I, I, I don't know. So uh, I take one day at a time, and uh, I don't dwell on cures and, and, and things like that. I, I dwell on what I can do today and maybe later on this evening. Because what mm-hmm. I can do today, I may not, not be able to do tomorrow. So I, I just live in the presence. Mm-hmm. Well, which is a, a great way a great way to be and for and for most people um changing diet is not i mean if you are diagnosed with alzheimer's or lewy body or something of that nature um typically you know to my knowledge there's no proven fact that that can change it but there are like i said forms of dementia where you know it can be a vitamin deficiency it can be dehydration that can be causing symptoms so that's why it's important well, to well and the if mm-hmm. if you think it works, good for you. I mean, you know, and mm-hmm. if it does work, good for you. I mean, that's the, that's the line I take on that. Uh, we try to stay away from that stuff on memory, people, because some of that stuff is, as we all know, false hope. I mean, this coconut oil stuff, I've battled with that for years now, and I keep saying if coconut oil was the answer, it wouldn't sell for $3 a jar. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and there's, you know, more and more research out all the time over that. But, again, everyone has different beliefs and tries different things. Right. And that's the nice thing about um, these platforms is to be able to share ideas. Sure. I'm going to pull Harry in and, and ask Harry if he's got any comments on on uh, the raw foods and, and the hydration. Every, everybody has the mis, 
misconception. They don't understand the difference between improving the quality of life and curing this disease. Okay, now, will, will nutrition cure my disease? In my mind, absolutely not. If it did, I would have done that nine years ago and I wouldn't be in the shape I am now. But will nutrition improve my quality of life? Absolutely. Uh, will, it, will it help me uh, walk a mile? Possibly. You know, things like that. So a lot of people put, put the faith in, uh, in, in something that, that I'm going to use the example Rick uses coconut oil. I don't believe in that either, but I don't know. There could be something to it. But is that going to cure my disease? No. Is it, is it going to improve my quality of life? Possibly. You know, mm-hmm. so is it, is it bad for me? I don't know. Only my doctor knows that. You know, is it going to interact with uh, another medication I'm taking or something like that? But uh, a lot of people get hung up on, on nutrition, and nutrition is so important, but it's, not, it's important to improve the quality of life. Yep. And this is actually kind of a nice segue um, into, you know, gifts for people, for both people with dementia and um, those uh, that are caring for them. You know, if someone is interested in learning more about, (laughs) excuse me, about um, nutrition, there's lots of great books out there. There's, um, you know, or just even finding information on the Internet for them can be extremely, extremely helpful. Um, And so, you know, think of those things. Um, Participating in, uh, excuse me, I've got a (coughs) tickle in my throat that's just killing me here. Um, You know, going and joining forces and maybe buying technology or or books, and be a, a nice way to uh, to pull things in. Rick, do you have any thoughts in terms of, of gifts? Is that something that you and your family still do? Some don't and, and some do. Um, but any thoughts on, on exchange and what would be useful for you? Uh, well, June and I, we buy, we have done this for several years now. We just buy things for the house. We might buy each other a small, a small item or something, but, uh, Everybody, you know, in, in my family, and I'm sure Harry's family, and people that does have dementia. I mean, it would be kind of crazy to buy me a book because I can't read. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can read, but for two or three paragraphs, I'm lost in it. So um, I do the uh, audio version books, and not everybody knows that. So those are always helpful. I enjoy those those kinds of things. And uh, but you know, just having dementia doesn't doesn't keep you from enjoying. Life. Matter of fact, it opened my eyes to a whole new life. I mean, I would have never met some of the closest friends I have now, Harry included, you included, and many, many, many other ones. And uh, so it, it has its upside. I mean, I'm not saying go out and get dementia if you can, because that would be insane. But it does have an upside. It does for me anyway. I mean, it's, it's not it's not always a, a terrible, evil thing. I, I have a brain disease, and... Uh, just learning to deal with it is is what you have to do. And uh, when when you let this disease take over you is when is is when you've lost. I mean, these people they're in denial and, and they won't accept it. It's this disease isn't going to stop. It, it just doesn't matter, you know. So when I say I've accepted it, it means that uh, I haven't given up. But I but I understand. 
what's going to happen, what's coming, and we've prepared for that. And that's that's one of the most important things people, caregivers or even a dementia patient can, uh, if they can get that, if they can get a handle on that, then uh, that'll help out immensely. Mm-hmm. Okay, wonderful. Um, Harry, how about you? Any thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I'd like to back up a little bit, Lori, uh, and a lot of times when we have a family get-together, people like to hide the truth from me, okay, because they think it's going to upset me. Now, the only thing that that is doing is planting the seed of, of I'm not going to believe you. Okay, if you if you try to hide the bad news from me, I'm going to know it. You know, I'm going to know that that something is wrong. And the more you tell me everything is is good and everything is everybody is so happy and wonderful, I'm going to know you're lying to me. And that just adds to my anxiety level. So you know, it comes it comes down to the point of how much do you protect me? Well, how much do you try to protect me? And is it is it fair to me for you to protect me like that? You know, mm-hmm. maybe I don't want to hear the bad news, but I don't want you to hide it from me. And mm-hmm. a, a lot of family gatherings, they do that. They they um, they walk on eggs. They, they they try to be so careful what they're saying that I sense that right away. You know, that's one of the that's one of the senses that's improved, I think, with this disease. That that uh, uh, I can I can spot a phony in a in a minute. And if you lie to me, I know you're lying to me. You know, and at that point on, I don't trust you anymore. Yeah, and that and I think that that's a good point that senses are raised. Um, and you know, I, I think it's very common. You know, they say with someone who's blind you know their other senses kind of kick into gear and and i think the same thing happens with dementia people people understand um and can take in things um they can't always necessarily process uh process things um as as quickly can you give us an example by chance in terms of of things that you would want to know about that people try to hide harry I I want to know I want to know about the grandkids. Uh, I want to know what's going on in people's lives. Now, if they if they hit a hit a bump in the road, uh, maybe I can help. You know, mm-hmm. I want to know about that bump in the road. Now, I there's, there's probably some things that I don't want to know about. Like I don't I don't read the newspaper because um, it's not because I can't read, but I don't want to know how many people were killed in Afghanistan. You mm-hmm. know, things like that I don't want to know. But if if somebody's having a hard time and maybe they need somebody to talk to or whatever, I want to know about that. You know, because maybe maybe just maybe they want to talk to me and I can talk to them and help them. Mm-hmm. That, that's the kind of thing that, that really bothers me that uh, uh, if somebody is having having a bump in the road of the life or whatever, well, don't let Harry know because that's going to upset him. Uh-huh. Well, okay. Harry knows. Harry knows there's a problem. He doesn't know what the problem is, but he knows there's a problem. Okay. And, and Rick, do you find the same thing? 
I agree with Harry 100%. Um, I'll tell you what I've told our kids. Oak Manfield's June has our, our grandkids and even our own children and our, our nieces. Um, there isn't nothing that you can't tell us that we can't work through or fix or try to. And, and that's we've taught them that since they was old enough to walk and talk and things like that. But I'd like to take that a step further since I've got dementia. I may not be able to do the things I used to do, but I can still help out, like Harry said, in many, many ways. And even as far as, uh, you know, the kids in our family, they, they know I have dementia, but they, some of the younger ones don't know the degree of it and things like that, and that's fine. But if ever want to know and if they ever have questions, I, I don't want to keep this from them because I think it's very important for them to understand what's going on and what's going to happen because it's inevitable. So um, keeping things out in the open is very important to me, like Harry was saying, uh, if you if you keep things from me, but but you gotta realize I'm in a, I'm in a maybe mid stage I suppose or something, but I, I can understand later stages where people do keep things away, uh, horrible news that can't be changed and, and you just wouldn't be able to deal with it and you'd just be, have to repeat it to them over and over. And I understand all that, but uh, neither Harry or I are, are there or even close to there yet. But uh, I, I agree with what he was saying uh, wholeheartedly. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. I'm going to go ahead and just kind of do a um, a mid uh, mid break here, mid program break, and uh, do some announcements here. I want to mention that our last radio show was on the 26th, and we reviewed high tech and high um, touch um, type products that can really help. And it might be some good ideas for you uh, for holiday gifts. Um, with people. Our next show is going to be next Tuesday, and we're going to be talking about dementia products, and we also have an author on with us, uh, Loretta Venning, and um, that'll be a, a great, uh, interesting show. And then on the 24th, uh, Christmas Eve, we're going to have Tipa Snow on with us. So I'm very excited about having uh, Tipa join us on that particular show. Our um, last Dementia Chats is on the website, Alzheimer's Speaks. If you go to the About page and then go to Dementia Chats, you can access that recording or you can go to our Facebook page too and uh, grab the link there. We also talked about holidays there, but you, you'll probably pick up some other tips um, that we we haven't discussed here as well. And then our next Dementia Chats, session again that's our free webinar um that is open to the public um will be december 10th and that's at 3 p.m eastern time 2 p.m central and you can find more information on that again on the website or the blog or our facebook page for dementia chats and then there's just a couple of um, blog posts that i want to mention on the first our intern michelle did a really nice post about um, it's the thought that counts um, that got great reaction. I also posted a, a great video about keeping people with dementia home safely. Um, and it just has some really, really great, great tips there. And there's also an article on the 26th. Um, about the Thanks Project, which is something that um, AARP uh, was doing. That was just kind of a neat thing. And um, even though it was for caregiving month, I'm sure you can still go in and access it and um, and put your note of thanks uh, to your care partner out there. 
Um, again, I just want to uh, mention a couple um, organizations that might be help for, helpful for you during this holiday time. Uh, this is one of those times when a lot of times families find that there's an issue with dementia. Um, you know, we've really been talking about those that are already diagnosed, but there are many people out there that have not been diagnosed that are are, are struggling and families that are struggling not quite sure what to do. And so, again, you can go to Alzheimer's Disease International to find the local Alzheimer's Association closest to you. There's the Lewy Body Association, the Aphasia, Aphasia Association, and the Frontal Temporal uh, Lobe um, Degeneration <clears throat> Organization as well. Um, there is the Alzheimer's Studies uh, group, which, you know, if you go to Alzheimer's Studies, that's a clinical trial for uh, the third uh, tau trial, and they're still accepting um, participants for that. And, again, I would really encourage you to go to Coral Health as well to find out uh, information on how music can really, really add a lot of uh, value to <clears throat> Uh, to your life um, and to those uh, dealing with dementia. So that's all I really have for for announcements there. Harry, was there anything that you wanted to add? Yeah, let's let's talk about high tech gifts. Okay. Uh, every, every, everybody thinks uh, technology is wonderful, and it is. But um, I had trouble opening a pack of gum. Now, if you give me a high tech gift. That uh, that I have to figure out how to use. You know, keep it. I don't want it. You know, like I got a I got a phone that. Um, uh, now I have a program. If I want to call Hazel, I pick, I push a picture and I call Hazel, and, and you know that's how my phone is set up. Now when you when you say call this number and you give me a number, I have a difficult time going through my smartphone because my smartphone is a lot smarter than me. I don't know how to I don't know how to dial in a number anymore. You know, it's not as easy as it used to be. You have to go through different menus and stuff to get to it. So a lot of times uh high tech gifts are not the answer. Give me a, a good old a good old fashioned homemade gift. And mm -hmm. I'll love it. Okay, and and I think that's really a good point. I mean, I, uh, you know, it it isn't easy um, trying to figure out new gadgets and how they work, no matter how slick they are and how helpful they might be. Um, you know, it, it's it's not easy for any of us to figure that out. And then you add dementia into the the realm. Um, sometimes the the old standby is better because routines. And, and that comfort level of having that routine um, <clears throat> is much more valuable than a than a new gadget. Rick, would you agree with that? Oh, I'd agree 100%, yeah. I remember uh, several, well, not years ago, maybe a year or two ago, I had to give up one phone that I used forever, and it was, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, um one morning I woke up and I just couldn't figure out how to even turn it on or, or answer emails or anything. And I 
finally it, it come to me that I've had an um, iPad forever and a, and a Mac computer, so that's when I went to the iPhone, and that was a, it was a big stress reliever for me because I have been around Mac products for a long, long time, and it's in my uh, long-term memory. But I agree with Harry once again. Uh, it, it's difficult. Uh, people don't realize this, but it's difficult for, for me to uh, make a phone call on my cell because I don't do that. You know, like you said, there's certain there's a couple steps you got to do to get to the dial part of it, and and if somebody told me you need to call me right away, well that's not going to happen because there's a couple steps I need to get to, and and if I'm under stress at all, it it, it just won't happen. So, but I I, I like new gadgets. Um, I can't I can't work with them anymore, but uh, I have I have fun watching. Uh, TV and, and the new gadgets they're coming out with and things like that. I know they're not for me, but I but I certainly enjoy seeing the new technology. Yeah, it is it is interesting, and you know I think part of um, of learning all of this stuff is just uh, you know um, getting all of us more active sooner than later. Uh, with this stuff, so if dementia does enter our life later on, you know we're we're up to snuff with things. I actually went and had a hearing test the other day um, because I thought, you know, I, I think using all our senses is really important, and and so I went in to get my ears checked, thinking, you know, if I need a hearing aid, now's the time to get it. And they they ended up telling me that I was in the the normal range, um, though I know that you know my left ear isn't as good as my right ear. And it was nice to hear that I was in the normal range. But, again, I, I want to really be in tune to that. I've got a baseline now. And, um, again, you know, those are simple things we can do. Same with eyesight. Same with lighting around the house um, <clears throat> can make a, a huge, huge difference, you know, for people. Or, again, changing routines in terms of, of how we communicate. Let's Let's talk about ways to communicate uh, that to, are uh, mm-hmm. oh go ahead rick i wanted to mention something here when you talk about technology something i think is very important and a lot of people are missing out mm-hmm. on and i hate that but uh along with harry's group forget me nots and memory people both um if uh some people aren't computer oriented at all and and i just i just hate that because along with this disease comes a lot of um, shut-ins and and even caregivers that can't get out. And that certainly gives them an opportunity to reach out to other people with Harry's group and memory people also. Um, I know a lot of people will say, well, I don't want to participate. I don't want to type anything in or make a comment. And that's fine on both these forums, you know. You can just sit there and read the comments and things like that, and it's very helpful um, if 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 at all possible, if you could get your loved one to, uh, if you just had a computer and open it up to either one of them sites, and, and possibly maybe read to them or or have them uh, read some of these comments, is on both these sites they're uh, they they truly are life changing. Uh, I've I've heard that many many times on both these sites, and, and it's very true. It's not because Harry started his, it's not because I started mine. It's just because both of us knew. There was a need for this, and 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 it's out there. It's the people in Harry's group and the people in Memory People that makes this thing go. Not uh, Harry Urban or Rick Phelps. I'm sure he would be the first to admit that. Yeah, nope. and and it's so beneficial. Go ahead, Harry. No, nope. It's all about Harry. Is that it? <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to argue with Rick. You know, but one thing I I did too is uh, this weekend we went to a. Uh, a Christmas craft show, 
And a lot of the a lot of the things things coming out of three D. Okay, everybody everybody has three D. They had they had three D pictures. Well, when I looked at some of those three D pictures, it scared me to death. You know, because I'm not used to seeing that that type of stuff. So, um, if somebody would give me a 3D gift, I can always guarantee you I'm not going to use it. You know, uh-huh. because uh, it just it just scares the living daylights out of me. Okay. Well, well, that's good to know. That's that's absolutely. It I is. Mean, this, is, this is stuff that you know that we need to we need to talk about. Um, now, do you guys enjoy going to movies and things? Is that uh, is that a gift that would be nice to go out to if it's you know out to eat or you know go to a park or go to a ball game or to a movie? Is that something that would be a nice gift, just kind of a one-on-one type thing for you, Rick? Is that something no, you'd not enjoy? For me. Okay. No, uh-uh. Okay. No, nope, I don't want no part of a theater anymore or, or anything like that. Uh, we watch movies here at the house, uh, uh, Netflix and, and uh, whatever else that thing is on DirecTV. So we get our movies sitting right here, and I can pause it. The trouble with movies with me, and I'm sure maybe with Harry or anybody with dementia, is, is, is trying to follow the plot. Mm-hmm. And uh, even an hour show, I have to pause it several times and look at Phyllis Jones, and I'll say, who is that or what happened and things like that, because I just don't have that retention to remember what started at the beginning and halfway through the show. I just, it don't matter if it's Survivor or some two-hour movie. I just don't, uh, I don't have that. So going to the show would be a total waste of money for me, and and uh, it, w- it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a very good gift. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that's that's good. How about you, Harry? Is that something that you would enjoy? No, I I agree with Rick. I can't. I watch very very little TV anymore because. Uh, like, quick, I can't follow the plot. And mm-hmm. um, if I would, if I would pause, if I would know how to pause the TV, and I would keep asking Hazel what's going on, what's going on, and she, she probably clobber me good. But <laughs> some of the things I do, some of the things I do like to watch though is they have a, they have quite a few. Um, I don't know if they're called reality shows or whatever about Alaska. Living in in Alaska now, for some reason, I really love those shows because the scenery and 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 the background is is, is beautiful. You know, I I just love it. So that I would rather watch a show like that. Somebody somebody fighting the bears in Alaska than than trying to figure out some plot on some TV show. Okay. Okay. So, you know, for my mom, she really used to like being able to go out on those those one-on-ones. So I think, again, it's really important to know um, to know your person, just like with any type of gift that you're giving, know who it is you're, you're giving something to. Because I think a lot of times we tell people, you know, these, these one-on-ones are important, but a, a setting and environment is critical. Um, you know, to make sure that that one-on-one um, it works. 
um, you know, for the yeah. two of you. And you know, it might be sitting at home, you know, watching a movie or playing cards or just chatting or going for a walk or whatever. It doesn't make any difference. But know know the person that you are um, that you're spending time with, and um, and go from there. Maybe it's working on a project, you know, and they're they're going to help you out with it. With um, me now, Lori. Mm-hmm. With, with me, if 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 you uh, if you take me out for an ice cream cone, okay, that mm-hmm. that to me is as good or better than if you would take me out to a movie. Okay. You know, it's just I don't know. I I don't know if it's the point of just of just doing something one on one that is so enjoyable to me, but like in a movie theater, that that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. At least for me, it's not going to work. Okay, okay. Now, what about around um, food and beverages? You know, if you if you've got a get together, um, h- how does that work? Is it best to be served, or do you like buffet style? Do you have any issues with either of those? And Rick, I'll let you take that first. Uh, I don't I don't do buffets because once again there's always a bunch of people around buffets and things like that. I like to sit in a booth. Um, when we go to a restaurant, we always ask for an out of the way place because I have Sam, and uh, that's not we don't need to do that. But it gives me a sense of security anyway, just being off the beaten path as much as we can be. Um, but but I. I I don't order off a menu because I get confused just looking at a menu. I always know whatever restaurant we're going to, I know before we go in what I'm going to get because it's that simple for me. I just get what I always get, and everybody says, aren't you tired of that? And I'm like, well, no, because we don't eat out that often. <laughs> so, but, uh, eating eating oh. out is a very stressful thing for me. It really is because you, you deal with decisions all the time, you know. Do you want a booth? Do you want a table? Do you want ice water? You know, it's just question after question and and it really is once again a stressful thing for me. So I know exactly what I'm gonna get when I go into a restaurant before I even hit the door because I just that that works for me. Okay. And and for those of you that don't know, Sam is um is Rick's dog, his dementia dog, um that that goes with him wherever he goes. And so some some of our listeners might not know who Sam was, so I wanted just to kind of clarify that. How about you, Harry? Do you have a preference for being served or doing buffet style um, during the holidays? I I have to be served, uh, Lloyd, simply because um, if if I would pour myself a cup of coffee, I have I have problems telling when the cup's full, so I'm always spilling things. Uh, as, as strange as it sounds, like if we go to a buffet, I have I have trouble uh, putting the food on my plate. Now, for some reason, I don't know why that happens, but uh, uh, when I get back when I get back to my table or whatever, uh, Halo says, "My goodness, what is that?" You know, because it, it it's horrible. You know, because it's the way I stack the food on the plate. But mm-hmm. if we go out and we eat, and uh, uh, I'm served, that I mean, it's not that I not that I want to be served, but I just can't serve myself. You know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of times when we have a family get together, um, 
Hayden would say to me, would you like me to make a plate for you? And as, as much as I hate to say yes, you know, she knows that uh, uh, I want to say I'll get my own food, thanks. But mm-hmm. she knows me, you know, and, and, that's, and that's, that's one of the important things. You have to know you love them, what they can do and what they can't do. And don't make a big deal out of it. Uh, just Just do it. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, for my mom, you know, the buffets got really complicated. So if it was in a restaurant or if it was in my backyard when we were having a party, um, she would just she would start four or five plates and she'd put one down and then she'd see something else that she wanted. And so that would get really, really complicated for her. It wasn't so much the the people around her is all of the, the choices. For her would get would get to be too much, and so you know we we changed that where I would just go up and, and get her a sampling of everything and, and bring it back, and that worked better. Um, in a restaurant, um, you know, Rick says you know he's he knows exactly what he wants and he's getting it. My mom always liked to make a choice, and she always liked to still look like she was reading the menu, even though we knew she couldn't. And then I, it got to the point where I would um, ask her if she'd like to split a couple of things with me because I couldn't make up my mind. And that worked out really well because then we had two plates of food because sometimes when she would order, you know, as the disease progressed, it, when she would order, by the time she would get her plate, she would say, well, that's not what I ordered. And so I'd say, you know, I could now say, well, you know, we decided to get these two things and share them because I couldn't decide. And then she was always okay with that because that was helping me out. And and that worked really, really well. Um, it was just a nice, nice, easy thing, um, easy way for us to work it. So really important um, stuff to know where and how things are are you know being served and and what is comfortable for for somebody with uh with dementia um the other thing is as the disease progresses um they might be more comfortable with finger foods than using utensils and you know that's just a real simple thing um to be conscious of in terms of what types of food you're you're having for somebody and um, Harry, have, have, do you have any problems using utensils at this point, or you're still good? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm pretty good at that. Uh, I miss my mouth every now and then and get it on my shirt, but uh, that that can be expected. Anybody that you know gets old gets, has that problem. But one one of the things that um, I, I guess I I don't know if I ought to apologize to Rick for. Or not, but it was it was one of the highlights of my life. Um, during the uh, during the convention that many people had up in New York, uh, everybody went out to eat. Now, when when we all decided to go out to eat, that was very stressful for me. But um, I I broke up the stress for me by by telling the uh, uh, the waitress that it was it was. It was Rick Phelps' birthday, and um, of course, of course, after we ate, I had to I had to make my way down to the table to sit beside Rick, and 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 they came out, the waitresses and waiters came out, and they had they had balloons and it and a little cake, and they were singing Happy Birthday to Rick. Well, the look on his face was priceless. 
Now, thinking back, that was probably the dumbest thing for me to do, but it is a good memory. (laughs) (laughs) And how does how does that stand in your mind, Rick? Oh, it 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 was a memory, that's for sure. I'll tell you. We had we had an awful good time on that trip. I uh, there was a lot of memories made there. Uh, I remember uh, I don't know why this sticks in my mind, but after dinner and after Harry's little stunt there, we all got, including myself, got a kick out of me and uh, I'd walked outside and Harry come out and uh, of course you know you're we was in actually in New Jersey, not New York, and uh, I don't know there was a couple that walked by. And it was I forget how the conversation went, but. Yeah, it was just hilarious how we was talking to them about uh, why we was there and what we was doing. And, and uh, do you remember that Harry standing outside there by that bench talking to that couple? I remember that so well, Rick. Um, I, I don't remember what I can't remember what the discussion was, but I know it was it was so funny that uh, <laughs> it was just insane. I, I... I do remember that you embarrassed the living daylights out of me, and uh, I wanted to walk back inside, but I didn't. But <laughs> you know, and I'll tell no, you, Louis, it was funny. I think later on that night, or it might have been the next night, I can't remember, but uh, some good friends of ours, and Harry's uh, Michelle and, uh, oh, shoot, her husband. What's her husband's name? What's Michelle's husband's name, Harry? John. 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 Yeah, Michelle and John, John. they... Uh, offered to take uh, me and Falls June and Harry and Hazel out to see the sights. It was long about 11 o'clock or midnight or something, and things had calmed down around New York and and uh, go out and see, you know, all the sights in New York City. And I had to I had to say no to that, but I was so glad that Harry got to go, Harry and Hazel, because I know that was one of the highlights of his trip there because uh, he got to see the Rockefeller tree, and, and God knows he loves them Christmas trees, so... That, that that put a big smile on me and Phil's June's face. I was so glad that Michelle and John did that for them, and and my hat was off to them to be able to do that. Oh, nice, nice. Um, I got a question for you guys. Is there is there anything that we haven't covered that you think is really critical that people consider during the holidays? Well, I, I always tell people, Lori, to keep keep their loved one in mind. I mean, um, they don't have to be entertained all the time. They don't have to be. Sometimes, just like I think maybe Leanne was saying, and maybe Harry even spoke of it, if, you're, if you've got to get away, you know, to your own little space, just quiet, be it another room, a bedroom, a, a downstairs or whatever, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I, don't like to, I don't like people to look at me and feel sorry for me because I just hate that. <laughs> I mean, as bad as this is, it's I'm dealing with it the best I can. And what I have to do to get me through some situations like that is just right or wrong. It has to be done. So, uh, so if your loved one has to get away or or needs some quiet time, and uh, just just make sure they get that. And uh, things can change change rapidly. So keep that in mind also. I, I think that that's really good advice. Um, you know, be aware and 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 make adjustments. And um, it's very simple to do. And I see sometimes people not making adjustments, trying to stay to old routines, and everybody's upset and everybody's uncomfortable. Versus, if you would just make an adjustment, 
you know, everyone can kind of get back in the groove again, you know, and um, and feel comfortable. It shouldn't be embarrassing. It shouldn't. It's just it's hard to watch sometimes when families are struggling. How about you, Harry? When when you have dementia, especially around the holidays, you have to be willing to um, step outside of dementia. Now we we live we live in the dark all the time. We live in the doom and in the gloom. We know what our future is going to be like. But around the holidays, it's time to it's time to step outside of that and just enjoy yourself. If you do something if you do something wrong, if you say something wrong. Go with the flow and don't let it bother you because the little, the simplest little things affect us so much that it can ruin our day. But if you just, if you just take the attitude that, that this is the way I am, the people around me that know me and love me, they know me the way I am, they know every now and then I'm going to say something stupid, I'm going to do something wrong, uh, I always have something to say, accept that. Okay. How about um, for families that are getting together and seeing some changes with their loved one? How how should they approach that if they have some concerns that maybe somebody's having some some problems with dementia? Rick, any any um, advice there? I, I used to get that question a lot when I did my talk speaking engagements, and I tell people. Um, to me, early detection is the answer. I, I fought for, I don't remember now, three or four years before I could get a diagnosis. And, and them three or four years are gone now, and I don't think it would have mattered anyway, but I just struggled for three or four years trying to get people to understand what I was going through. I mean, I they always told me it was stress-related and this, that, and the other, and, and I knew it wasn't. I was stressed because I couldn't remember things. So... If you see a change in your loved one or if you suspect something, you know, get them into their doctor, have their B12 checked, their blood work checked. You know, it could be something very, very simple. But uh, if it is uh, a form of dementia or something, they do a mini mental test and, you know, just just go from there. But uh, don't overlook it. That's that's not the right thing to do. Yeah, I I definitely would agree. you know, we have to remove the remove the fear about this. I go in for my testing. I'm part of a um, here in Minnesota. There's a Minnesota Memory Project, and I go in every year and and get checked. And um, they're kind of doing this caregiver stress thing, but they're also looking. You know, does it run in families? Since my mom has it, and it's a little nerve wracking, but it, but yet I know it's something that I need to do, um, and I need to be. You know, I need to walk my talk. And um, because I'm going to want help as soon as possible if if it would hit me, you know, and, and as much as I don't want it to, um, you know, I think it's so much better to be proactive um, in, in everything that we do with that. Are there any little tips that you can give people in terms of communicating um, with you? You know, we've talked about um, being in a quiet area, smaller groups, one-to-one, you know, is great. Um, I know a lot of times we've talked about, you know, having eye contact because a lot of times we're reading lips more than we think we are. Um, So it's just easier um, 
talking in a in a normal fashion. Sometimes people, some people with dementia, like you, just slow down a little bit. Um, but you know, we we see it all the time where people talk slow and loud, like you're deaf, and, and yep. that's not that's not helpful. Um, giving you guys time to be able to respond, you know, giving those extra few seconds um, and, and just letting it be quiet can be um, another um, very helpful thing. Are, are there some other things that are helpful when communicating? Um, Rick, I'll throw that to you first. Well, I, I'll tell you the thing that bothers me the most, and I can't ever get it through anybody's head, but asking mm. compound questions. You know, mm-hmm. asking two or three questions in a row, and uh, that's that's just not good for me. And because uh, I'm not going to remember the first one, let alone the third one or something, I'll get confused. And and also, Lori, a lot of times I don't know if everyone with dementia does this, but I, I find myself being a lot to things that I have no idea what's going on, and it's just easier for me to say, "Oh yeah," or "Yeah, I know," or whatever, <laughs> because. For some reason, it's hard to get through some people's head that I don't know and I won't ever know, and you can explain it till you're blue in the face and I'm lost. So sometimes I just say, oh, yeah, that's right, or, you know, whatever, and, and I have no idea what's what they're really talking about. So try to keep it simple. Simple is good mm-hmm. for dementia patients. The more complicated the story, the more complicated the question, it's just not going to work. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And a lot of times people don't even realize the complex question or directions that they're giving people, you know. And, you know, somebody broke it down one time at a conference, like when we say, you know, just go make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then you break down what does it really take to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You got to get the bread, you got to get the peanut butter, you got to get the jelly, you got to get the toaster, you got to take the bread out of the bag and put it into the toaster and push the button down. I mean, and we don't realize sometimes how complicated things are, and um, you know we have to really simplify things, um, you know, for people. And when we're asking those questions and and I know I'm still guilty of it and I should know better that I ask compound questions sometimes I try really hard not to but you know you're so we're so used to doing that I'm so used to doing it Um, but breaking things down even you know out in a restaurant you know they'll ask you what do you want to drink and then we always ask well what do you have and then they rattle out 52 things and you know it might be nice to start out with would you like something hot or cold to drink cuz that that breaks things down significantly you know do you want a diet pop or do you like regular you know um and then they can sort out the process and then get to things and I, and I know that sometimes that you guys don't even like that because it's it when we break it down, there's still a lot of questions, no matter how you do it. Um, so there's no real right or wrong way because everybody's individual when it comes to what works for them. How about you, Harry? Any Anything that you want to add about communicating well? I think, uh, I think most people don't know how to communicate with somebody with dementia because a lot of times I'm asked a question and I give an answer and it's not the answer they want. You know, they don't 
they don't understand that I gave them I gave them what I consider my answer. You know, they mm-hmm. they have no idea how to communicate. You know, sometimes just a a, a simple you ask me a question and and uh, I might raise an eyebrow. Well, that's a no. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to keep asking me the same question. But that's how I know how to answer a question. That that in my mind is sufficient enough. I don't have to go into a big long ex- explanation. Mm-hmm. So it's important to read body language and nonverbals um, because you know we all know that. That's the majority of the way that we communicate is through nonverbals. It's not through words. Um, but for some reason, we we forget that. And when we can remember that and put that in play, oh my gosh, it makes things so much easier for everybody. Um, it's it's almost um, it's almost scary um, how much easier it can make things. You know, because it's. It's just such a simple thing, but we we overlook it all the time because we're we're in such a rush um, to to go, get on to the next thing. Um, well, we've got you know just about ten minutes left here, and I just wanted to see if there was anything else that you guys wanted to talk about. Otherwise, we can go ahead and wrap up the show. But I I think you've given. Um, both people with dementia and families and professionals a lot to think about when it comes to the holidays. Um, you know, get rid of those blinking lights. Um, you know, seat people in the middle of a table or uh, in at the end of a table versus the middle. Be in smaller groups and and gatherings. Be conscious of background noises. Um, realize that travel is difficult and. Um, you know, especially out of town travel, being out of routines, and that entertaining in a home with someone with dementia can be can be really difficult because they don't have a place to be able to escape if they get overstimulated all the time. Um, you know, and if they are going to be entertaining in their own home, be conscious of that and help them escape. Maybe it's you know even just going for a drive in the car. Um, if that's what's going to happen, um, and be gracious if somebody needs to leave, you know, don't let let them make that choice, and um, and be dignified um, if if it's just getting to be getting to be too much. Um, but I just think you guys have given so many so many great great tips. I really I I appreciate you both being on the show today. Um, Did we talk about so, that, Lori? Excuse me, Rick. I, I was wondering. You you named off a dozen things or something. Did we talk about all that, or did you have that wrote down? Because I don't know how anybody. I certainly don't remember all them topics coming up, but it must have been good, huh? Actually, we did talk about that, you know. But we've been yapping for you know an hour and a half, and so those were just some of the things right. that um, stuck out in my mind that you guys had mentioned. And um, well, you didn't have it wrote know, down. No, I have, I have some notes. I have some notes in front of me. I, I have oh, notes I all over the place. Yeah, um, but I just your head. You don't need to have no testing done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I still get nervous going in there. I go in on Friday and I still haven't done my my pre-test, my survey that I need to do. So that's on my list to get done either tonight or tomorrow. Let me tell you night. something about worrying. Worrying about getting dementia is sort of like. 
walking around with an umbrella we're waiting for it to rain. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 wasted time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you being a daughter of an Alzheimer's patient, sure, your your the percentages are higher that you may um, come down with this, but it's not something you want to worry about, Lori. Trust me, it just isn't. Yep. There's better things to do. Yeah, and that that's a really good point. And normally I don't. I just always get nervous around the time I have to go in for my tests. <laughs> And that probably doesn't help the results out any. You know, it's like the white coat syndrome, you know. Yep, yep, exactly. And I have that too. You know, I go in and my blood pressure's high, and then they have to give me five minutes, and I just sit calmly and I pull it down and, <laughs> and stuff. So. Well, I'll tell you what, me and Harry could run you through a couple tests and see see what's going on. <laughs> I bet well, you absolutely. Could. <laughs> good. <laughs> Oh, heck. Well, this has really, really just been a very fun show and very informative show. Um, Harry, anything else that you would like to add before we end here? One one small piece of advice for caregivers. Um, I'm going to mimic you. So if Mm -hmm. you're stressed out, I'm going to be stressed out. If you're mad, you're angry, I'm going to be mad and angry. So don't, don't take me someplace. And you're stressed out because wherever you take me, I want to be stressed out. Oh, that's a really good point, Terry. That's a really, really good point. And, you know, we think we're hiding our stress or our anger behind a big old smile, you know, but we, we're all very good at reading those fake smiles from a very young age. And and that doesn't go away. Again, it's you know those those senses um are picked up even my mom in her end stages who can't communicate you know she, there's no way she'd be able to be on pick up a phone and and talk um she picks up on our energy and on our body language um just about instantly and and that's a really important important factor um we um we had one uh, I'll share one story quick. We were going up to the lake one year for Christmas, and my mom tripped and fell in the entryway. Now, my mom is, the, you know, a fairly a big woman, but she's short. And she fell in the entryway, and she was half in and half out, and it's cold. And my my mom is laying on the floor, and she is laughing. And my daughter and I were laughing, and my husband was just livid. He's like, this is not funny this is serious we've got to get her up and he was just like panicking and he was angry that the three of us were laughing well we were laughing because she was comfortable doing that and if we all got stressed she she would have been scared to death and um you know so it's really important um to to know and to appreciate those factors you know and that was the I mean, that's a funny story to to all of us now in terms of how we reacted and and how silly my mom was on the floor. Um, You know, even though she had fallen, she wasn't hurt. Um, You know, it's just a really precious memory. And it sounds really goofy of somebody falling on the floor could be a special memory, but it really was because we were engaged and we were safe and we were happy together. And and that's really... (coughs) That's really all that all that matters. I should probably mention that people can also go to the Alzheimer Speaks website and um, go to our tools. You'll have to register, but you can get our free tools and 
one tool that I think is it can be a real lifesaver is uh, called Your Memory Chip. And it just gets you to focus on not so much your tasks, but again, is the person you're caring for safe, happy, and pain-free? And when you focus on those three things, you truly are person-centered. You deliver your tasks different. You become more flexible. You let go of things that bugged you before. And your time together is just <clears throat> much more um, quality time spent together. And I think you're you're able to create memories, you know, find the joy that maybe you overlooked before. So, again, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap up the show. I want to thank everybody for their participation today. It was really fun having all the, the callers uh, call in as well and, and give us tips and make comments and ask questions. And to have Rick and Harry on the show was, was again, uh, just a joy to, to hear you guys uh, bounce things back and forth because you're just loaded with such great, great information. Um, if you are a Facebook person, again, I would highly recommend that you um, check into Memory People and Forget Me Not. Just put it in the search bar and ask to become a member, and you'll see what Michael was talking about, why these groups are so effective for people. Um, you will instantly be embraced um, and pretty much 24-7, you know, if you've got a question, there'll be somebody that's online somewhere around the world uh, that you can chat with. And that, I think, is one of the things that is so special because the bonds that are built are, are so strong so instantly um, because you're having real conversations that matter. So... Thank you again all for being part of the show and have a wonderful holiday. We will have our next show again next Tuesday. We're going to be talking about some dementia projects and we're going to have an author with us. Um, also on the 10th, we'll be doing dementia chats. And if the need is still there, we'll continue to talk about how the holidays are going because we learn new things every day um, with this disease and, and it's all about sharing. So thank you again. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and end the show. Thanks, Harry and Rick. Thank you. Bye Thank now. You, Merry Christmas. You. You, you too. Bye-bye. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.